Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are going to talk about Kind of a bit of a strange subject, really. Something that Dan knows more about than me. So Dan's going to be like leading this one. Well, I might just be asking him questions. And it's all about psychedelics, psychedelic drugs and the use of psychedelics and the history of them, really, because they've been around for since the dawn of time, haven't they, Dan? Yeah, they've had a bit of a resurgence lately, haven't they? I think with some key figures in popular culture like Joe Rogan and... Mike Tyson, they have big platforms with podcasts and things now, and they, they've been doing psychedelics, so it's had mm. a big resurgence. I think it also did in the 60s, like the whole LSD hippie movement, but then it died down again with the war on drugs. But now it's kind of coming back. But yeah, through ancient cultures, they were just a part of life, I think, weren't they? And then they, yeah. they, they kind of went away. So it's, yeah, this was my idea, this, this topic, and it's something I find absolutely fascinating. But as a disclaimer... Me and Jill don't take psychedelics or drugs, but we just... <laughs> Although it might sound like we do sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. this is all natural. <laughs> yeah, so let's just talk about like the dawn of time, because I, you know, I love Graham Hancock, and he's like well into all of this, isn't he? Like the history of psychedelics. And he thinks that psychedelics were what brought civilization on so much, because across the planet at different times, like, no, across the planet at the same time, cultures were forming that were doing similar things and what um graham reckons graham like i know him (laughs) like he's me mate mate. graham says is that this something must have coordinated because people were living like you know the same for millions of years and then all of a sudden it was like a click and suddenly civilization started to appear at the same time all around the world and his his theory is that they started to use psychedelic drugs, which took them all into a different plane, which then gave them a collective, this is where the collective consciousness hangs out, as uh, if we we're going into a psych- psychological thing. And they all started to interact on this collective conscious, and suddenly things started to filter down into the world. Then interesting, if you hate Graham Hancock talking about it, it's mind-blowing, really. And it makes sense to me. Like you said, when Graham Hancock talks about stuff, it is fascinating, isn't it? And oh, totally. Yeah, and he's been a obviously he's a historian and he he does his research, but he's also done psychedelics himself. So to put mm. those two theories together, it probably is quite relevant. He said a nation of people lived on Africa, and then there could have been a nation of people, obviously in South America, and then in Europe. But these people would never meet. Obviously, they didn't have transport. Mm-hmm. But at some point, they all started using psychedelics. But there were also different forms of psychedelics, which is also interesting. So in like Middle and South America, they would have used ayahuasca, which grows in the rainforests. In deserts in Africa, they could have used the peyote cactus, which is another psychedelic, but totally different. And then in Europe, we have um, woodlands, which grow mushrooms, which have psilocybin, so magic mushrooms. These are totally different compounds, but they all have a similar psychedelic effect. So it's that collective consciousness, like was Mother Nature saying something to make humans then all of a sudden realize they need to take psychedelics? I find that whole perspective really fascinating of 
how did humans come to know this on three or four different parts of the earth and they've never met each other? It's yeah. just so intriguing. It's like the ayahuasca plant in South America. The shamans claim that they can talk to the to the wildlife and the and like they can talk to Mother Nature essentially. And they say that the, the ayahuasca plant told the shamans in a spiritual sense that you need to ingest me and then you can have this experience. But which makes it more interesting, ayahuasca is actually two plants. One of them is a vine and one of them is a plant, but they don't even grow anywhere near each other in the jungle. They grow like hundreds of miles apart. Yet the shaman was told in a vision, you need to collect this one, go 100 miles, collect another one, boil them up and drink them. And that's what will take you to the next realm. It kind of be coincidence. No human could have just come up with that on their own, in my opinion. It's just so intriguing and fascinating. And it is, it is a good theory and you can see it making sense. Yeah, because all of these like ancient cultures, they all had a medicine man or a medicine woman, didn't they? Who knew intimately all of the plants that surrounded there, that were in their grasp and how they interacted with each other. And that must have been passed, must be passed down through centuries, mustn't it? You know, like this didn't just happen overnight. It's And when you think we obviously we call them psychedelics, but a lot of people call them plant based medicines really plant-based medicine is was medicine <laughs> for a lot of years for millions of years yeah i think even today isn't it something like 90 percent of all medicines originate from the rainforest really yeah yeah i'm sure but then we've just made synthetic versions yeah so yeah, yeah so what we call psychedelics they just plants it's just like growing an avocado or a tomato there's mushrooms there's so many different varieties of mushrooms just a few of them happen to send you to outer space for a couple of minutes <laughs> In the Western world, they've just been called illegal. So we think we can't have them. Exactly. But, but for other cultures, it's just totally normal. I know. It's bizarre, isn't it? That I wonder why. Well, it's obvious why, really, when you think. Like, obviously, this has been passed down as cultural and tribal and um, people have done it for mil- millennia. And then now, in modern culture, it's thought of as a bad thing to do. It's illegal in some well most cases isn't it it's illegal six psychedelics um why would that be then dan do you think well you know my whole conspiracy theory element come on then let it out so psychedelics and conspiracy theories actually have quite a and they share like a lot in common there's a few common threads Mm -hmm. the reason which is which is commonly give and i think makes sense is because you have such a transformative experience of say doing an ayahuasca ceremony which I've never done, so it's only kind of, I can only go off what other people have said, but there's obviously quite a few accounts out there now. It gives you that kind of realisation that we play this little game called going to work and paying taxes and there's people in charge at the top and you have to listen to them. But then when you take ayahuasca, it opens you up to this whole new paradigm of, well, we all we are one, we are Mother Nature, we, we don't need to do all these things which we're told to do. So imagine if everyone had this powerful experience the whole power structure would collapse. Governments wouldn't be able to tell you what to do. You know, the whole rich stay rich and the poor stay poor, that would that would go. So they made it illegal because the powerful people don't want to be questioned. They want people to kind of stay behind the veil, shall we say. So that's the common one. I think it makes sense. And as well, if you if you started taking psychedelics and you started opening up your consciousness, you would probably be a healthier person as well. You probably realize that what you're eating is killing you. What you're doing is not is not healthy, but there's no money in that. So the government obviously make money off selling unhealthy food and alcohol and cigarettes. 
all things which are known to kill you and be detrimental to your health, yet those things are legal. So even that should be a wake-up call when you hear that. Something as powerful as, as cannabis or ayahuasca, which has health effects, which was being used as a medicine throughout history, is now illegal, yet cigarettes are legal. Yeah. I think it makes sense, but it's, it's, when you get into it, it is, it's kind of a conspiracy theory, but the facts are there in front of your face, really. It's not really a conspiracy when it's there. Yeah, and when you think about all these ancient tribal societies, they didn't collapse under the use of them, did they? So, in fact, they were part of all the rituals. Um, the Aborigines, they have dream time, which has been argued is uh, the time when, you know, the place that they'd go to when they were having psychedelic experiences. So they had a name for it. <laughs> so it's a different a different kind of, you know, it's quantum physics, isn't it? It's like a different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Universe. Like reality, know, essentially. Yeah, a different reality to what we experience every day. That's one of the points we need to make, really. I think because some of these psychedelic drugs or plants, whatever you want to call them, are so powerful. If you can take an ayahuasca vine or some mushrooms in for a couple of hours or a couple of minutes, whatever it is, you feel as though you're in a totally different reality or a different dimension. And it's a lot of people say it's it feels more real than actually being on planet Earth and being Jill or Dan. It feels that real, which I suppose when you have a dream, it feels real, doesn't it? Doesn't feel any more unreal than being awake. It's vivid, isn't it? It's it's life. Yeah. So yeah. when people do these ceremonies and they, they do the psychedelics and then the effects wear off and they come back to just kind of normal life, they can struggle with that reorientation because it's been such a profound experience, whether it be positive or negative. They need a guided kind of shaman or a medicine man or someone experienced who's done it before to help guide them back and, and help them live a normal life again. Because if you just, for some reason, I don't know how you'd be able to get ayahuasca and you, you did it with your mates in the pub car park <laughs> and, the <river> bags. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you had this kind of life changing experience and then you come back to planet earth what do you do with that it's it can be very very overwhelming and it can break people's psyches and then you have to go and spend years getting therapy so there are some dangers to it there's obviously some huge mm. benefits but you have to be sensible about it and do it the proper way you know, you're talking about dreams there. Like, how do you know when you're asleep that that's a dream? That could be the reality. This could be the dream. Yeah, so dreams are, are that real. If you have a nightmare, you can wake up absolutely terrified. You can oh, wake yeah. yourself up. You can have, like, a sexual experience, have a wet dream. It gives you a physiological effect. So it's, yeah. it's just as real, real as being awake, yeah. Just a side note that would go off on a one. You know how I can, like, talk to Stephen in my dreams? <laughs> <laughs> lucid have I told you this before so, so it's called lucid dream and I didn't even know about this Dan I'm sure you've mentioned it to us before but Paul Check said something the other day about lucid dream and that's really rare and that they've got people who can do it and they start the scientists are just wanting to talk to people in dreams kind of thing so a while ago Stephen used to work night shift I'm going to tell the tale now and um he used to must have just been coming in as I was coming out of like consciousness or like kind of in between like a dream state but I was like half asleep half conscious and when Stephen used to come in he'd start talking to us thinking I was awake but I was still in my dream and I'd start coming out with some weird weird or stuff and he'd be like one day I was wearing a 
bumblebee fur coat <laughs> made out of bumblebees. Anyway, he could like talk to us. It was really weird. And like, you know, that if like if I get up and I'm in the middle of a dream, go to the loo or something, I just continue with my dream. Like when I go back to sleep, it's really weird. But that's not normal, is it? <laughs> you have the ability to do it just without trying. But I think there are some techniques where people can try and like get into that lucid dream instead. Right. If you can do it naturally, then even better. Because haven't you done astral projection as well? Where you can, yeah. didn't you feel as though you were looking down yeah. on your body? Yeah, yeah. I've done that as well a couple of times, which is a bit scary. I was really scared about it. So I didn't like it when it happened twice. Probably if I did it now, I would be all right. But when I was doing it, it was like, it's. I wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah. So you have all these like hidden superpowers. You're a bit of a Jedi, I think. <laughs> Like when we were on the course with Warren and you were seeing auras and things like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do have some superpowers. I think you need to. I think you need to kind of build on them a little bit more. You're, you're doing to, yourself like, a disservice. In. I was. I've always been like in touch with that. You know, like how people who can talk to dead people and ghosts and stuff say like they've been in touch from an early age. I've always had something from an early age where I could see the world differently. Obviously, my rational brain kicks in over the top of it a lot. But from a very, very young age, I've been like able to, you know, like strange, like I can't even like describe what it is. It's like a knowing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I know things are going to happen or I know something. And then the rational side of me kicks in and goes, but then my dad, it's the same. He can do the same as well. <laughs> and so I think it's a family thing. But yeah, so if I really, really try, like if I don't really go to meditate um, very often, like if we're doing stuff in classes or if I go to a class, because if I start meditating, I know that I could like shoot off on a different planet and probably not come back. And yeah, if I really, really try to train myself, I know I would probably be able to see auras and stuff. Sometimes I can in people if they've got a really strong one and I'm in the, the state of it. Like, it's a glimpse. Honestly, I think you really need to embrace it because you've, you've, <laughs> you've got something there. So, so what's yeah. what's the, I can't remember what film it's off, but they say that the worst thing in the world is a wasted talent. And yeah. That's, that's what you've got. You need to... I think I do use it with my clients. The other day I was talking to one of them and I said, you need to do this thing. And she was like, Oh, that's weird that you say that because I was just thinking about that. And I was like, go and do it. And she was like, how did you know that? What was it? it Sign this check. <laughs> Sign this check. Send me a check for £100,000. <laughs> yeah, so it is a bit bizarre. Sometimes I will smell things. <laughs> it's that weird. Sometimes I smell things around a person. Not that, that not it's, and I know it's not the smell of them, but it's something like, say, an orange or a lemon or something. And I'll say to them, I think you need to eat some more oranges. <laughs> then we'll come back to it the next week and go, I ate some oranges and I felt loads better. And I'm like, oh, good. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think people, I don't know. It's very, very odd. It's very odd. I can't explain it myself. That's why I get a bit freaked out by it. So, yeah, I can tell. Yeah. That's but like, I've, I've obviously, <laughs> it's not just, I've seen you experience it firsthand when obviously when we met on the chat course so I know it's there yeah because I freaked you out didn't I and I made you yeah. go and have a cup of coffee to make sandwich <laughs> <laughs> that was the cure yeah that was my bringing me back down but that was just <laughs> yeah whatever happened what happened on that check course was bizarre wasn't it and you witnessed it 
that's just touching the surface. I mean, someone like Warren, who was teaching the course, is like on a whole different plane. Oh, and then you get okay. someone like Paul Check. He's done over, I think he said over 400 or 500 kind of medicine journeys. So taking these plant medicines and things like oh. that. And we've heard lots of accounts of, of his students and, and teachers and things. He can almost go in and out of different levels of consciousness and say if he's doing a ceremony with someone and they're kind of, he's so, well, for a lack of a better term, they're tripping so much, the deep into this journey, they can almost forget that where planet Earth is. Like mm. the consciousness doesn't know where Earth is. So you, you need a shaman or a medicine man. They can, they can go between these dimensions and realms and kind of bring you back and, and, and tell you this is, you need to come back to Earth. So that's how powerful these things are. So you can take these like mega doses or what, if there's a, a common term called a heroic dose, where like some people, because say for like magic mushrooms or DMT, you need to smoke it. You might have to take like three hits of a, like a pipe or you might need to eat 10 mushrooms to like get into that different state of mind. Mm. But if you say eat five mushrooms, you might just start to change into that different perspective, but it might then become scary. So then people back out. So people say you need to take the heroic dose. So you need, just need to go for it and really get deep. So I know a guy who took what's called DMT. It's called di- dimethyltryptamine, which is very similar to ayahuasca, but it's a very kind of concentrated form and it doesn't last as long. It was coming like a glass pipe and you have to smoke it. And apparently it's kind of, you have to take three big breathfuls of it. And that's when you go under, you just kind of fall asleep and, you know, go around the universe 10 times. But he took two, and then by the time he'd even inhaled the second one, he started to see all these kind of geometric shapes and all the structures of the walls and the fireplace started to change into just these geometric patterns. And it scared him that much. He didn't take the third one, so he didn't actually go under. So the dosage can be what really counts. But So people also do this now. What they've started doing is things like LSD and mushrooms, they've started micro-dosing. I know you've heard of this as well. Yeah. So they'll just take a little bit and not enough to like get you really tripping, but just enough that it opens your creativity a little bit and it helps you with problem solving. So you get a lot of these Silicon Valley kind of entrepreneurs and yeah, and tech guys and now yeah. and now micro dosing LSD and things throughout the day. And it's it's boosting the creativity, it's making them think of new ideas and help solve problems. So that's kind of, I never heard of this until recently, but it's a different way of thinking about it as opposed to being in a ceremony and taking that heroic dose. Yeah, because it's very ceremonial, isn't it? And I just, rem- you just reminded me there when you were talking about the geometric patterns and stuff. Graham Hancock says, you know, like how churches and ceremonial sites are always aligned, the pyramids, for example, are always aligned to the north. He said that that is from there because how did everybody else in the world who ever built a ceremonial site like the Aztecs lined theirs north, the Egyptians lined theirs to the north. Like, how did they know how to do that? Set out this like sacred geometry and stuff. It's like uh, quite fascinating that whole thing. I find it, you know, the Nazca lines and all of that kind of stuff, all that sacred geometry that maybe it was all happening while they were all tripping off on ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Sacred geometry is a big field of study. Things like like rocks and the energy field coming off rocks and Paul's got a talk on YouTube where he talks about the ancient farmers would have, they would grow the best crops near certain rocks, rock formations and things like that. And it, it's these geometric energy fields and stuff. And it's, it's to be honest, it's over it's my head. I've, I've not looked into it a lot, but yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. 
I love all that kind of stuff, like standing stones and things like that. That's yeah. another place where I go and I feel like a bit weird. Where? <laughs> like standing stones and things. Like, oh, right. Have you like, been to the Stonehenge? Stonehenge, yeah. No, I've never been to Stonehenge. I don't know if I dare. It'd probably be some portal and I'll go shit for it <laughs> yeah. and never come back. <laughs> We've been waiting for you, Jim. <laughs> yes, why haven't you appeared before? <laughs> So, yeah, so it's interesting. It's so interesting. Like, people are scared of all this stuff, but it's, like, just part of the natural environment, isn't it? It's not something that, yeah, you see, you need a proper medicine man or woman to guide you through this. It's not something that you just, like, people who are just taking, shooting up cocaine and stuff. It's it's not like that, is it? it? This is a ceremonial. And you can go, can't you, to Puerto Rico or wherever and, going to an ayahuasca ceremony i do fancy doing it but i would be scared of what would happen to us <laughs> yeah you mentioned that uh, it's not something you would just do with your mates or anything not that you could no. get hold of these drugs anywhere like maybe uh, mushrooms which have psilocybin in maybe yeah uh, uh-huh. but things like ayahuasca they don't you know what i mean it's a big deal they have to go to the rainforest and things like that but yeah. it's it's not recreational this is a, a ceremonial transformative thing and it should be treated that way yeah, it should be as well. treated with great reverence. I should tell you about um, Stephen's cousin who was, I think he was only in his early 20s and he had really bad depression, like really bad. He couldn't get out of bed, he couldn't function, he couldn't hold down a job, he couldn't do anything. And his brother paid for him and him, so the two of them, went to one of these ceremonies out in, I don't know where it was, but everyone was like, what's, what's he going out there for to do this kind of hippie thing? And... Um, Anyway, he returned. He never he's never spoken about what happened out there, other than there was a lot of crying and sweating and isolation going on. It's it's quite an intense thing to do, isn't it? It's a good three days, the ceremonies and stuff. And he came back and he's been absolutely fine, touch wood. He's all of his um, problems went. And then he got a job, he's, he holds down a job, he's from being like unable to get out of bed. And he came back from, and, every, and everyone was just like, what, what? It's just like a holiday kind of thing that is going on. But no, it was transformative for him. It really worked. Yeah, so that was a literal form of ancient medicine. It, mm-hmm. it literally healed him. If he had never done that, he could have been on medical drugs the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Or so that worse. was it. He was just getting stronger and stronger drugs that were just wiping him out. And yeah. That's no way to live, is it? So interesting, yeah. We've just dismissed all this as something that hippies do. But if you have got problems, it's well worth looking into it. Obviously, do your research because there's a lot of, quite a lot of fake people out there nowadays as well, isn't there? That's saying that they're going to do all yeah. this. You need to get a proper, proper yeah, person. Spend your time doing your proper research. And if you're going to go and do something like ayahuasca, like I say, I've never done it. It's something I'll be interested in in the future. But I would probably say, unless you're like a, like you said, that case there, if you're on kind of on death's door or you're, you're really suffering. But if not, if you're just interested and you're kind of looking for the meaning of life and something a little bit deeper, then I would say create within yourself a good spiritual grounding first. So really get in connection with nature and yourself and have a meditative practice for maybe a year or two beforehand. The process will be a lot smoother. We need to mention you can develop these states of mind without hallucinogenic drugs. You can do meditation, breathing exercises, fasting. Again, ancient cultures did the, what was it the Native Americans did? They used to dance for like four, three or four days in a row. They do the sun dance. These, well in dervishes, they do yeah. that. Kind of. So these different states of consciousness can be achieved without psychedelics. 
psychedelics just get you there a lot quicker, I think. But yeah, if you're gonna if you are gonna do them, get that spiritual grounding so you kind of it's not just totally brand new. So imagine if no one had ever heard of ayahuasca in their life and then they drank it. It would be so scary, it would be unbelievable. But if you do your research and you kind of know what you're letting yourself in for, it's probably gonna make it a, a better experience. But yeah. th- there are some negative effects, or there can be. Well, it depends how you interpret them, really. Purging, that you can be sick. That's like a literal physical effect of there's something negative inside your body that your body doesn't like, and the drugs tell you to get it out of there. You're not, you're not just vomiting up the drink which you've just had. You've, people say they vomit up stuff which looks like it's, it's been in their years. <laughs> so, so, so they purge, and they can have, obviously, hallucinations, but they can be quite scary as well. So you can go through some past traumas which you've kind of locked away and you haven't dealt with. It can bring those to the surface, which sounds scary, but ultimately it's doing the drugs are doing it for a reason because you have to you might have to deal with that before you can move on in your life. So those are I would say negative effects, but ultimately they are there for a good reason. It's not something you do lightly. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Mm, yeah, it's so interesting though. It's just yeah, it's you know like this is an ancient form of medicine that you know like when uh, western price went round all the ancient tribes in the 1930s they didn't have um words for depression and anxiety they don't even have a word for tomorrow or yesterday do they? they just live in the moment in the present you know that's how people have lived for millions of years and then this society that we live in is just just new isn't it you know when you were saying at the start about graham hancock when yeah. he said he thought there was this kind of time period where all of a sudden the whole world started taking psychedelics there's a, a theory called the stoned ape theory as well have you heard about that no because obviously we came from what's the word evolved we evolved from apes but mm-hmm. there's there's some theories out there which say that apes experimented with psychedelics as well they probably didn't sit down and have an ayahuasca ceremony but <laughs> there's obviously cannabis is a yeah. is just a natural plant and be, you, you get bushfires and things like that and if there was a bushfire and there was fields and fields and fields of cannabis on fire and animals on apes in particular inhaled that smoke, it would develop a different state of consciousness and could have effects on our DNA. Essentially, it's just a theory, but it kind of makes sense. And animals can eat mushrooms, they can have psilocybin and they can have these effects. We've all seen those videos of animals when they eat fermented fruit and they get drunk. <laughs> you seen them? Yeah, the geese over thing. my, we used to have geese when we were little and they ate the elderberries that all fell off the tray and the geese were just like drunken geese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. And there's also a theory about, I'm not too sure on this, so this I might just be making this up, but is there a story in the Bible about Jesus in the burning bush? Yes. Well, they reckon that could have been, again, a cannabis plant or an acacia tree and the smoke could have been like a psychedelic drug so jesus could have had all these revelations and developed his theories about christianity and god and things that through the burning bush he could have just been high wow that's a theory we talk about jesus quite a lot in this podcast don't we we seem to have started to yeah I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that was when he was in the desert for 40 days wasn't it and he spoke to, the bush spoke to him well there you go there you just, go he was just tripping he was in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights Ah, so I knew I, I I didn't know the full details of, but there's another Lent? another theory. Lent, Forty days. That's why I'm sure it's Lent. Well, maybe I'm going a bit too far down my religious Christian <laughs> knowledge now, but I'm sure it's Lent of forty days before Easter. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, Jesus went into the desert. 
to have some kind of see like that's another thing he went into the desert to be alone and to get his thoughts and you know you're right could have been taking drugs he was he had to be alone for 40 days and for 40 nights he was yeah. on his own fasting and doing all that kind of stuff and uh, and speaking of the desert i think it's about time we mentioned the sonoran desert toad which scares you oh, a little no. bit if you have toad and frog <laughs> Come on, so the, the Sonoran Desert Toad. Or... From Jesus to the Toad. <laughs> it's called the Sonoran Desert Toad or the Colorado River Toad. So I think it's only found in Colorado. This is a toad, just like you would expect, quite a big toad. And it secretes this venom. And someone, I don't know, some probably some shaman or some ancient culture figured out if they get the venom, they can... Like take some of the venom off its, I don't know where it's secreted from, but anyway, get the venom and they let it dry out in the sun. And then it obviously it, like it hardens. And then if you can take that hardened venom, you can then smoke it. And that gives you a hallucinogenic experience. And it's it's called DMT, but it's five times stronger than like synthetic stuff or other stuff around the world. This has become popular, more and more popular, particularly the last few years, because Mike Tyson is a very spiritual character now which might sound crazy, but he really is. And he did the toad. He smoked the DMT from the toad and it just blew his mind, opened up this whole new dimension of life. But obviously then he talks about it, which is good because it's letting people know there's a more spiritual side out there. But because he's so popular, then a lot of people wanted to go and do it. The river toad, it's not like a huge population. So there's now declining numbers, I think, and there has to be a conservation effort to make sure that they, they don't go extinct because people getting these toads and keeping them in the back garden and getting high every night. It's just crazy. It's like ayahuasca. The two vines grow hundreds of miles apart. Like, How did someone figure out to get this secretion of a river toad, let it dry out, and then smoke it, and you'll... There's no way I'd get that secretion from a toad. I don't get anywhere near it. But there's another one, isn't there, with a frog in the southern Peru or somewhere that's where they get the other one, some other drugs from. Some of these, like, toads and frogs, they secrete really horrible poison stuff, don't they, mm. to kill off the animals. Who would have thought to, like, lick... Who licked the first frog or the well, first I, toad? Well, I think the person who licked it died, so they thought, right, well, we'll, <laughs> well, instead of licking it, we'll just get the secretion and we'll let it dry out. We'll see what happens if we dry it out and smoke it instead. Yeah, but I love all these ancient tribes and things, how... They just knew. It's like, I'd be saying when they go fishing and they get that certain, the certain leaves and they put them in the water and it temporarily stuns the fish and then they just they don't have to catch them. They just get them out of the water. Wow. So there's some toxin in this plant and it just it doesn't kill the fish but it stuns them temporarily, kind of makes them a bit drowsy. Then they just take the fish out of the water and eat them. But I thought, yeah, I'm fascinated about how they how We're they do this. We're losing all of that, aren't we? It's so sad that that's. I know there was this. There's a tribe that they've dumped them in the middle of the ocean basically in their little boat. And they managed to get back and they were like, how did you do that? And they they were just like, we just knew. And it was like some kind of navigation system that they've still got inside of them that we've yeah. all lost or something. It, it was just so interesting. And yeah, I think we've lost a lot of stuff, really. There's an island, I think it's off the coast of India. It's quite famous. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. but Madagascar. No, that's off the coast of Africa, isn't it? It's, it's not Madagascar. It's, um, oh, I forget the name. Sri anyway, no, it's near there. Yeah, it's actually near there. Right. It's it's an island and there's um, they have cannibals on there, don't they? And any infiltration by Western people 
has been unsuccessful. They just don't want anything to do with us, do they? And then there was a, a few years ago, there was a, an American missionary tried to go over Oh, there. yeah, he went over and, and he landed said, no, on the island, didn't he? I'll be fine. I'll talk to them. And then he was walking along the beach and they killed him, didn't they? Yeah. And well, they it sounds right. They don't want anything to do with the Western world. Um, and they've got footage of these people. They kind of just, and because it's obviously helicopters and things fly over, but they, they survive on their own. Fine. And they're probably, all these things we've been talking about, that would just be normal everyday life to them. Yeah. Imagine that if you're like one of those people and you're living that lifestyle and a helicopter flies over, you must be thinking, God, that's a different planet. That What is that thing flying? Yeah, I know. Crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then we've got, obviously, I think they like, they can see ships maybe from the island, but they're still maybe 50 miles away. But there has been ships have come in quite close and then try to communicate and I think when some of the helicopters first came down, they were shooting bows and arrows at the, the helicopters, weren't they? Uh, well, serves them right. Yes, I think they do right, don't <laughs> they? Yeah, every now and then a missionary tries to land on to tell them about Jesus. And they just like... Yeah, get no, shot no. And, and <laughs> So, yeah, cool. So have we got anything else to add, Dan, to the psychedelics before we um, go down a rabbit hole of... Uh, oh, this, uh, yeah, I could go on forever, to be honest. I could do loads of episodes on it. Should we do another um, part two? Just the final few things, I would say, or even the word psychedelic is it's Greek. So it means soul manifestation. So psyche is the soul and delic must mean manifest. So it's literally a soul manifesting itself, which I think is quite appropriate. That's cool. Yeah. I like to know where words come from. Like I say, I've never done psychedelics. It's something I, I wouldn't mind experimenting with, but I think the more, or when you, when you take these things, it probably makes you realize how much you don't know. And it opens mm. you up to that kind of collective consciousness. I think that would be so liberating. Because I think in day-to-day life, we just get bogged down with all these external inputs. And to just get taken away from that, just temporarily, and just kind of look back on it and be able to see how it's all structured, will, will be fascinating, I think. I think we should do a crowdfunding to get you out there to do a ayahuasca ceremony. And then, obviously, I'll go as well and record it <laughs> oh, geez, on our yeah. podcast. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then we'll send Dan to do an ayahuasca ceremony. That would be cool. Yeah, just hopefully they don't bring in the vaccine passports. Otherwise, I'll have to, have to, <laughs> I'll have to do it in the pub car park. You'd rather like a frog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll do it in the car park down Durham. Yes, cool. Right, thank you for listening to our ramblings today. It's dead interesting though it is. And if you want to know any more about it, really listen to Graham Hancock. Yeah, the way I got into learning about psychedelics and just being interested in it. I think we were talking about it recently in one of the podcasts. You just have these inbuilt interests, which sometimes you just need a spark and then they just go off. Mm-hmm. So listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. I'd never heard of ayahuasca or DMT. And then Graham Hancock comes on and you have this conversation about psychedelics for an hour. And it was just truly fascinating. And since then, he's had lots of guests on talking about their experiences. And something I didn't mention so when you take ayahuasca or other stuff, often people go into this, well, they do go to this different dimension and they, they meet people and they meet entities and things like that. But particularly with ayahuasca, a lot of people meet the same person. So she's called Mother Ayahuasca. You're deep in this hallucination and you meet this lady called Mother Ayahuasca and a lot of people, the vast majority of people who take ayahuasca meet this lady. So it's like, is... It's strange. Is that just a construct of our mind? Everyone's mind? Or do you go to this 
other dimension that is actually just as real as Earth. And there's a woman there called Mother Ayahuasca. And I've also heard another story where there was some guys taking DMT and one of them took it and he, he met this girl in this hallucination. And then he had a conversation. And then a year, six months later or something, uh, one of his friends took DMT and he met the same girl in in the hallucination. And then she said, oh, I was talking to your friend last year. And then they never mentioned it to each other. And then he spoke about it. And it's just mind-blowing. Bizarre. It is crazy. So if you just, real. Yeah, if you just go online, there's all these stories. And you can tell people aren't making it up. You, you kind of get a sense for these things, don't you? Yeah. It's like um, Dr. Bruce Lipton says, like, The Matrix is a documentary. <laughs> I think it's like it's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When you start going down the rabbit hole, so interesting. Like you say, we could go, we could go on. Yeah. You might be thinking, well, why are Jill and Dan even talking about this? It's like a health business <laughs> podcast. But it is, it's like we said at the start, it's it can be a medicine. These things are things that grow in Mother Nature, and we've just been told that they're illegal, but there's profound healing effects to them. So that's why we're talking about it. It'll probably be the last podcast we do because we'll get banned. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thank you for listening, listeners. Let us know if you've done any of these kind of ceremonial things because Dan's dead interested. And so am I, of course, but Dan would be more interested. <laughs> I think there might be some people out there who've done it or even done things like um, like cannabis and marijuana, which is which can have really profound effects, but then people, because it's so kind of against the mainstream, they don't like to talk about it maybe and the kind of sometimes get laughed at and get called a hippie whereas kind of we're used to that now so we don't mind kind of talking about it (laughs) absolutely so yeah do keep in touch let us know and um yeah let us know if you've had any of these ceremonies because they are fascinating yeah cool so what you up to jill um what am i up to i'm about to run my free program i don't know when this podcast is going to go out because we're well ahead of ourselves now aren't Mm, we so maybe by the time this is (laughs) <laughs> this has gone out we'll probably be i don't know currently we're still in lockdown but hopefully we'll be out again soon and you know classes and gyms will open yay can't wait yeah so as we record in this podcast gyms are shut but by the time you guys are listening to it it could be back open so we'll see yeah it'll be nice to get out to see people again won't it oh yeah can't wait i'm already planning some trips to the lake district and stuff just to see another part of the world apart from <laughs> Durham. <laughs> I've never been so excited to go to Northumberland in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going on a trip of a lifetime, going to have a caravan in Creswell. Uh, but um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to go back to the beach. Yeah, I'm just, sure everyone's looking forward to getting out yeah, of the Yeah, it's going to be nice, isn't it? So thank you for listening, listeners. Um, don't forget to subscribe, share, talk about it, let everyone know. And the more that we can spread the word, the better. Pass the pod past the board and yeah see you all soon thanks everyone bye